the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. They did not give God the honor and reverence he deserves. And it's not because they don't know how to honor or how to show reverence. They honor their human fathers. They revere their human masters. So they know how. Again, no son would ever consider dishonoring his human father. No servant would ever disrespect his human master. But they don't honor God. God's people before Christ would sometimes sinfully offer their worthless animals, their leftover bits and pieces, as a sin or praise offering to the Lord. Yet, as Pastor Dan will teach you today, God is deserving of our very best in life. He has given you life, grace, forgiveness, mercy, and so much more. Show Him the honor and respect He deserves. Prioritize Him above all things in life. Give Him your best, and He will bless you for that. He will be with you in all things, and He will provide for every other area of your life. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Malachi chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God sovereignly chose Jacob instead of Esau before they were born. Paul tells us before either could do good or evil while they're still in the womb, before they could do anything good or bad or good or evil, God sovereignly elected Jacob and his descendants. And God's election of Jacob was unconditional. It it wasn't based on Jacob's performance because he wasn't born yet. When God chose him, uh, he, he did not choose Edom to fulfill the promises made to Abraham. And here's the thing. This is what Malachi is getting at. Here's the thing. Tune in, listen. Both Israel and Edom sinned against God. Both Israel and Edom rebelled against God. Both nations were guilty. Both nations were punished for their sin and rebellion by God. Both nations were destroyed Verse 3 says, God laid waste the mountains of Edom. And the idea here is just as he laid waste the mountains of Judah at the hands of the Babylonians, but Israel was forgiven and restored by God's mercy. Edom was not. Why? Because God chose Jacob before Jacob and Esau were born, and he determined that his promises were to be fulfilled through Israel and not Edom. As Paul writes in Romans 9, again, God can have mercy on whomever he wants to show mercy to. And he can have compassion on whomever he wants. It's not that Edom was cursed or treated unfairly. 
Election is God's mercy. We all sin. We're all, we're all guilty before God. We, we've all broken God's laws. If we were in a Western movie, we'd all have black hats on. We'd all be the bad guy. God's choice of anyone is his mercy and his compassion. You know, a woman once said to Charles Spurgeon, I cannot understand why God should say that he hated Esau. To which Spurgeon replied, that is not my difficulty. My trouble is to understand how God could love Jacob. Right? How could God love any of us? How could God choose any of us? In Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 through 8, God says to Israel, For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you are more numerous than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you. Simply that the Lord loves you. So too with us. So too with us. Ephesians chapter 1 says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. And so we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. Why did he choose you? Why did he choose me? Why did he bring us to Christ and bring us to salvation? Not because we were so great or so good or so holy or so promising or because you have a master's degree or a 4.0 GPA or that you could do 100 push-ups and 1,000 jumping jacks. None of that. It was just his good pleasure. Just because he loves you and he loves me. Why does he love us? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not trying to be coy. I really don't know why he would choose any of us. So in response to their question, in what way has God loved us? God says, hey, look at your next door neighbor and brother Edom. I have brought you back from captivity and I have rebuilt your nation while Edom remains desolate. Israel's restoration and existence is proof of God's love for them. Even today, Israel's existence uh, as a nation and the existence of the Jewish people still today is proof of God's love for them and God's promises to them. You've never met an Edomite. You've never met a Babylonian. Right? Or an Assyrian or a Philistine. But the Jews still exist. Israel's a nation again. And the Bible says he doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. It says in Philippians that he began the good work in us, promises to complete it. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't abandon us, even when we sin, because he chose us. And, and he paid such a high price to purchase us. He purchased us with the blood of his own son. He's, he paid too much to forsake us. He paid too much to give up on us. Now he goes on here in verse 6. He says, A son honors his father and a servant his master. 
If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name. So this is addressed to the priests specifically. And he says here, this is just like common knowledge. A son honors his father, a servant honors his master. In that culture especially, a son would never think of dishonoring his father. I mean, dishonoring your father in that culture was just completely unacceptable. Uh, In fact, in the law of Moses, there was a provision for when a son did dishonor his father and repeatedly disobeyed his father, that father could bring his son to the elders of the city, and the elders of the city would put that son to death. Because it just wasn't tolerated. Disrespecting or dishonoring your father was just not tolerated in that culture. In the New Testament, in the parable of the prodigal son, you guys know that parable, the prodigal son, Luke chapter 15, the son asked his father for his inheritance while his father's still alive. That would have been incredibly insulting and dishonoring to your father in that culture. A son would have never asked for his inheritance from his father. So, so this parable, as Jesus is telling it, the audience that's hearing it, this is like, make your ears tingle. What, are you, what? what did he ask his dad for? His inheritance? And then the father gives his son his inheritance, his portion of the inheritance, instead of stoning him to death. Which again... That would blow your hair back if you're in the audience and you're hearing that, that the father would actually give his son his portion of the inheritance. And then when the son finally returns after going and wasting everything, he finally comes home. You remember the story. The father sees him at a great distance and the father runs to him and falls upon his neck and puts his robe on him, puts shoes on him, puts his ring on his finger and receives him back as his son. Well, well, some scholars who are experts on that culture believe the father ran to his son to protect him from the other men in the village because the men of the village would have put that son to death because he dishonored his father. Again, they just didn't tolerate that. It, It wasn't permissible. A son honors his father and a servant his master. Look what it says. Look what God says. If then I am the father, where's my honor? If I am master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. Again, the people of Israel, they continued in their religious practices and going to the temple and keeping the feasts and all of these activities, but they did not give God the honor and reverence he deserves. And it's not because they don't know how to honor or how to show reverence. They honor their human fathers. They revere their human masters. So they know how. Again, no son would ever consider dishonoring his human father. No servant would ever disrespect his human master. But they don't honor God. And they don't revere God. And so God actually has to ask, where's my honor? Where's my reverence? Why aren't you honoring me? He, he says, look at the verse again, the priests despise my name. And the idea there is my character. The word despise, it, it means to have contempt for or to give little value to or little worth to. The priests. Underline that in your Bible. The priests. We're not talking about some bozo just standing on the street corner. This is the priests. They despised God. 
The priests despised his character, his nature. They had contempt for God. The priests. I mean, imagine attending a church and the pastor, the leaders of the church, actually have contempt for God and contempt for God's word. And they treat God and his word as something of little value or little, little worth. Why even be a pastor if you don't value the word of God? Now, the priests, they challenge God's accusation and they say, well, in what way have we despised your name? And he tells them, verse seven, well, you offer defiled food on my altar. But you say, well, in what way have we defiled you? By saying the table of the Lord is contemptible. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. The priests offer defiled food on the altar in the temple. The, the, the people, the law says you're to bring your best to the Lord. You're to offer your best to God. And the law of Moses said that you could not offer to God anything that had a spot or a blemish or a defect. But the people, as we're going to see here, in fact, just look at verse, uh, verse 8. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? The people brought their blind and lame and sick animals to offer to God. Uh, In your Bible, you could write, they were bringing their junk to offer to God. They were bringing their leftovers that were worthless to them instead of their best. And one of the jobs of the priests was to inspect the offerings for any defect to ensure that the people were only offering what was worthy to offer to God and to turn away any animal that had any kind of blemish or or, or defect or flaw. But the priests allowed the people to just bring their junk and offer it to God. They're they're blind, they're lame, they're diseased animals and offer them. And this this was publicly insulting to God. Every time someone brought one of these animals to the temple publicly to offer to God and the priests accepted it. And offered it on the altar to the Lord. It was insulting to God. And the priests allowed these offerings because they said, look at the verse again. They said that the table of the Lord is contemptible. The table of the Lord is contemptible. This means they they openly disobeyed God. They openly disregarded him. They openly disrespected him. And, And in other words, the priests were telling the people... It's not important. It's it's not important. It's not important for you to obey God's word. 
Yeah, God's word says you, you have to bring an animal without spot, without blemish, can't have any de- defect. But you don't have to obey God's word. The priests. You, you, don't, you don't have to do that. You can bring whatever you want to offer to God. You want to bring your tired, old, blind, crippled ox? It's of no use to you anymore. Well, that's, that's fine. Do you understand what was going on? It was the priests. This is why he addresses the priests. The priests were leading the people to disobey God's word. The priests were leading the people to just dismiss God's word. You don't have to believe that part. You don't have to obey that. The priests were supposed to be the shepherds of the people, the, 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 the watchmen on the wall, watching over them, protecting them, teaching them to honor God and his word, holding the line. The priest should have been the one saying, hey, you can't bring that in the temple. It's blind. It's lame. It's got three legs. You, you can't offer that to God. And instead, the priests were, were leading the way and disobeying God's word and telling people it's OK to disobey God's word. You don't have to obey God. You don't have to obey this verse or this section of Scripture. You know who's leading people astray in the church today? The priests and the pastors. It's the same thing. That's why God has so much to say to the priests in the Old Testament. Because it starts with them. And it's the same today. It's the priests and the pastors from the pulpit. Leading congregations astray. James chapter 3 verse 1 says teachers will receive a stricter judgment. Because they're teachers. Peter uh, says that the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground of truth. That the church should be the one place in a community where the truth of God's word is upheld. But it's got to be upheld by the pastor. And from the pulpit. Or by the priests. You know, over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, you don't have to turn there, but 2 Timothy chapter 4, here Paul writes to Timothy, who is a young pastor in Ephesus. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Fables are just made up things, right? And so he's saying here to Timothy, you preach the word in season, out of season, whether it's popular, unpopular, you just stick to preaching the word. And he warns that there will be a time when people will choose to turn away from sound doctrine, turn away from the truth. And they'll actually heap up for themselves teachers. There will be teachers who will tell them what they want to hear. Who will stop proclaiming sound doctrine and the truth. And will start proclaiming just made up stuff. Fables. And here it's the priests. It's the priests who are driving this thing. And sadly it's usually the priests or the pastors. Look again at verse 8. He says in verse 8, when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? Because it really shows what they think about God and honoring God and and the low value they put on God. When you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Then he says, 
Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you favorably, says the Lord of hosts? You, you would never give an offering like this to your governor. You, you would never serve uh, the president of your HOA leftovers for dinner. Right? You wouldn't do that. That would be embarrassing to give the president of the HOA leftovers. But they were giving their leftovers to God. You, you wouldn't do it for someone as low as the president of the HOA. But you're willing to give your leftovers to God. They, they were more careful to show respect and honor to, to human leaders than to God. They were treating God in a way that they would never treat a human being. They would never show a human being that level of disrespect and dishonor. They would be embarrassed or ashamed to show a human that level of disrespect and dishonor. And so, you know, as we look at this passage for us, there's some questions for us to ask ourselves. You know, do I treat people better than I treat God? Do I show people more respect than I do God? Do I honor people more than I honor God? Do I care more about what people think about me than what God thinks about me? Do I take God into consideration when I make decisions the way I take people into consideration when I make decisions? Do I tell God how much I appreciate him and how thankful I am for him the way that I tell people my appreciation and thankfulness? Do I give God my leftovers or do I give him my best? Do I give him the leftover time in my life after I've done everything that I want to do? Right. And, I, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm not talking to anybody here. You guys are out on a Thursday night. Right. I mean, I'm talking about the people that aren't here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but. But do I give him my leftovers? After I've done everything I want to do. Do I give him what's left? Do I give him my leftover energy? Do I give him my leftover talents? Do I give him my leftover money? My leftover resources? When there's little or nothing left. Okay, God, here you go. I can, I can give you, you know, a little bit of time today. Am I only willing to give God junk? Things that are unimportant to me or worthless to me or Things that I don't really need or things that I don't really care about. Things I can't really use anyways. Or do I give him my best? You know, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 18, it says, In all things, Jesus should have preeminence. Preeminence. First place. First priority in all things in my life. Not, not second place after me. After I've done everything for me that I want. And okay, Lord, now it's your turn. Not second place, not, not third place, af- after me, and after all the people that are important to me. And then, okay, Lord, then there's your time. Jesus should have first place in all things in your life. And his place in your life is demonstrated by your actions, by your attitude, by your worship, by your service to him. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says we should make our lives a living sacrifice to God. Our lives should be put on the altar, all of ourselves, all of of our lives, surrendered to Him and put upon the altar. He asked me how I know. 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Malachi, one of the Old Testament books of prophecy. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. God's Word can speak to you in a variety of ways, and it can reach you in personal ways too. If you'd like to hear more messages from this series, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. While you're visiting our website, you might be interested in learning more about the church that supports this ministry, Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. You can even come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, visit calvaryec.com for details. As you explore the website, you'll notice a tab for giving and a tab for serving opportunities. Make sure to check those out and think about being a part of this ministry and the church as a whole. If you have questions, give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. That's all for today. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.